This is Shaka Wart Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaka Wart Speak. I'm Gareth Blackwell, as always, alongside my co-host Ryan Leterio. And uh, we're going to talk about something this week that uh, we're hoping everybody will rethink a little bit. And that's the idea of rest. And we talked about earlier, Ryan, you said rest and something else. Was it rest and rejuvenation? Rest and replenishment. Replenishment. That's Mm -hmm. what you said, yeah. Um, Or replenishment, my enunciation. Replenishment or is it replenishment? I mean, it's my California accent. I was told that I have, but I never knew until I moved to Richmond. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hear it. But good, good. I uh, also people have told me I have a southern accent. I've never know. heard that in you. I haven't heard it either. That's so weird. now I hear it when I go back home. Do you really? Oh yeah, it's very different. Yeah, but um, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. You just get a little slower in the mouth. <laughs> Calm down a bit. That sounds like Ken. <laughs> well, Ken slow in the mouth. Ken. <laughs> Ken is definitely slow in the mouth. Yeah. Um. But I think he's just had a long life. He's doing well. He's been traveling. It's good to hear me. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, uh, all over the place. Um, and he actually, you know, he'd be a good person to talk to at some point about the idea of rest because I think he hits it pretty well. You know, I think that rest is one of those things that the more, uh, I don't know, I feel like it comes with maturity, like your ability to actually rest. So the the reason that this kind of popped into my head the other day, um, this idea of rethinking rest is, you know, some of it is, um, I was thinking about vacation. Uh-huh. And yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so we just had a new baby. Yeah, you know, she's a week old. She's great. Um that was our reason for a little break, y'all. We appreciate your your love and patience and waiting for our uh us to come back off that break. We gotta give give the fam some some break time. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know, uh little ladies incorporating really well into the family, everything's going well. Uh really enjoy her a little addition to the family but yeah i was thinking about uh vacation because summer's coming up and so i was thinking about the fact that whenever i go on vacation i have a few days where i um i always uh uh i always like at the beginning i kind of get a little moody it's hard for me to kind of come down from work into Mm -hmm. vacation and then at the end of vacation i almost feel like i have this like hangover it's really hard to get back into work and so uh, my wife and I have always joked that, you know, with vacation, we always need to bookend our vacation with a couple of days of vacation on either side mm-hmm. so that when you get to vacation, you can actually enjoy what's going yes. on instead of having those, those days of just like weary zombiness um, that goes into it. So um, I don't know. I've taken some good, good strides learning mm-hmm. about rest um, and the fact that there have been times where I've taken time off, mm-hmm. confused it with rest come back to the work I've been doing and my work is still stymied. It's still stodgy. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's blocks. Yeah. Uh, when everything inside me says, well, Hey, you you rested, you should, you should be back on the horse. No problem. Going full speed. Um, so yeah, I think there's just a lot of things to unpack and kind of rethink the idea of rest and replenishment and how kind of our culture works and how that plays into, uh, you know, how we can be, not to use a dirty word, but like more productive in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a multifaceted faceted conversation because it, it always demands um, definitions and clar- clarification. So like, mm-hmm. you know, right away, my mind's like rest from, mm-hmm. um, what are we resting from? So, you know, is it rest from work? Which work? Is it uh, vocational get paid work? Um, you know, is it, is it physical rest because 
you have been operating at a level that um, exceeds your uh, sustainable uh, output of energy? You know, are you staying up? Are you pulling too many all-nighters? There's the all-nighter rest response. Um, and uh, so there's, I mean, so there's different rests. I, I, I guess I'm hesitating because I want to jump right into the jugular, but... Um, <laughs> You know, because we haven't we haven't had a we didn't do a podcast last week. Um, just got a lot of pent up. Hey, I'm just going to be honest. We did a podcast. It was a great episode, mm-hmm. and uh, somehow, in our new studio, the outlet kicked out the cord, corrupted the file, and we lost an episode. It was never happened one. to us, and it was, it was a good, good one. It really was a good one, and I and I um, I'm mourning the loss of that episode still. I think. Yeah. Um, so I wore the black shirt that, today. Yeah, Gareth is wearing all black glasses. He's it's very funeral. Um, focused but um so now that i got that off my chest uh we can talk about rest so rest so uh rest from what and for what end um and not that rest needs an end rest rest in and of itself can be an end but um if we're doing a rethink and we only got so much time um you want me to, you want to go in? Can I, can I, can I take a deep plunge? Yeah, I say go into it. I mean, cause All my, right. I, I'll throw out a provocative statement. Sure. Um, I think one of the places where rest really kind of kicked up for me, where it, where it became something that actually was happening was, uh, kind of digging into a concept of productive rest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so I, I, and so I think, I think, um, I think we can equivocate and I'll say, uh, replenishing rest and mm-hmm. we'll see if the meaning is the same. Cause I think it could be. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like no, totally. coming yeah. out of our 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 fields, I think it'd be mm-hmm. helpful for people to hear a, a ping pong yeah. of those categories for a minute, just and like a, a little a little tension. You as a constellational thinker, yes. and me as a Tennessee toward Type A, exactly. I think that yeah, yeah, it makes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the, so we'll let the difference because we don't, we agree a lot. So I'm like, all right, we're yeah. gonna, we just tend to agree from two sides of it sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think the ping pong will be helpful, but. Um, Okay, so let's say that there's a hierarchy of rest. Okay. I know we don't like hierarchies, but let's just say there's a hierarchy of rest. Yeah. Um, I mean, we like them when we're on top. Yes. Yeah, we like yeah, we like we like them when we're on top and it's not effective. Don't like to be subservient to them. No, 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 no. So there's just physical rest. Mm-hmm. So so like um uh you know, I've been working hard, I gotta go to sleep tonight because yeah. I, I worked a hard day, my body's tired. Um I will say that, you know, that's just a whole discussion. So let's let's pause that one. Yeah. And let's go right for uh, what I would call the chief need for rest. Which yeah, because I would say like the the physical rest that you're talking about right yes. there, like it's almost I, I don't want to say unnecessary to talk about because it's very important. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those where uh, there's a point where your body will just stop and mm-hmm. force you into rest. Yes. Um. So it's easier to kind of say, well, that one kind of can take care of itself. Yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. know those signs pretty well. Yeah. So it's more important in some ways to yeah. rethink other concepts. Yeah. So then we, it gets really murky. So are you getting rest from being anxious? Mm. Are you getting rest from stress of assuming a, a margin of control that you actually either do or don't have, or you're not clear on the margins of your control? You're, so I, the best positive way I'd say is you're stewarding control. Like mm-hmm. um, you're the agency that you possess. Um, is it uh, rest from answering to imaginary critics in the studio mm. that um, help help uh you catalyze the work you do but also kind of crush you as you paint you know are you are you doing battle with voices of of the past that have said these are the ways that uh, the work is supposed to be made and 
Um, so it's a kind of a mental fatigue that comes from um, contending with hypotheticals. Uh-huh. It's really, really important. Like how, how much do you, so one of my questions would be for all of us, myself included is how many, how, how much does your fatigue come from contending with hypothetical voices and scenarios that actually never actualize and therefore aren't real? Yeah. Um, that's a spot, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like plotting some, some spots. Do it. Um, there is the, uh, this is the chief one for me and we've hit at things like this, but I, I think in this, the context of this talk, I think it's important to kind of, uh, put a, put a finger on and, and it corresponds to all of these. There's what I would call identity rest. Mm-hmm. So identity rest is, um, uh, you're fighting so hard to not only establish who and what you think you are, um, in, in terms of your identity. So like the way for sake of, you know, we agree on this, but identity, just to throw it out there again, we've done it a million times, but is your, uh, the way I'm uh, defining identity in this conversation would be uh, that which gives you a sense of well-being, that which gives you definition, that which gives you purpose, mm-hmm. that which gives you uh, satisfaction, and um, uh, that which you think enables your relationships. So like in, in um, in that which accords with what you do. So mm. if you drew a, a, a tight bow around those categories, um, that's why identity rest is important. If you're always looking to prove, validate, establish, um, you're establishing those things into a context that is other people. Yeah. And what do you do if everyone else is trying to do the same thing? Mm. So who, who holds the deposit? Where's the bank? Yeah. There was the identity bank, right? Like that, that actually just deals in transactions and like allows you to make deposits on the proof of validation of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't appear to be one. Yeah. So we go to institutions for that and, and um, like a college or, you know, you sign with a gallery or you work with an agency or whatever it is. And then you have a friend network that works as a, an overflow support system. And we don't think this way. So I'm trying to say it this way because it makes it more, a little more, ugh. but you know, it's true intuitively. Yeah. I went to school to get this degree. If I go to, you know, if I, if I, if I went to UC Davis or if I went to Stanford or if I went mm-hmm. to CalArts or if I went to Yale, mm-hmm. you have deposited a certain amount of money, but also um, expectation along the lines of identity uh, such that there's a return on your investment and when that return doesn't hold post that experience as well as you thought, it's fatiguing. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- am I, am I, yeah, you're, you're making sense. Okay. So like, so that's exhausting. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it, it's, it's the same sort of, um, the, the thing, the picture that comes to my mind is if, if I were at a casino and somebody had said, Hey, here's 200 bucks, mm-hmm. you better come back with 200 bucks at least. Mm-hmm the the pressure of that experience mm-hmm. would be so heightened because it's all external. Yes. Everything is from somebody else. I, I literally have no control over mm-hmm. it. And I'm and I'm a hundred percent uh in a space where I'm saying the only important thing is that everything else is satisfied. Mm-hmm. And that, that's taxing. Yeah. So here's what happens. And so what happens is let's say that identity expectation fails. Yeah. Well, you're still in reaction to your your expectations. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you morph your identity to that of the bitter person who was denied those 
opportunities. The, the failure of the, inst- I've been this person, by the way. So the failure of the institution causes you to become bitter. Mm-hmm. Whatever the institution is you've invested in, whether it's the gallery system, the in- your friend base. Art period. Art period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that Mike Kelly said in his um, suicide note about the failure of, of art and his devotion to it as like a priest almost. Like mm-hmm. I de- he's like, I devoted to, you know, not having a family. I devoted to all these things and you failed me. And the institution rejected his, his suicide note, unfortunately, because they, because the, the critique was too indicting. Yeah. They're like, he just couldn't have been in his right mind. I was like, but maybe he was like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a person who is excelling and couldn't find identity rest. Even with his success, he couldn't find rest. He yeah. had no rest. He had to alleviate it. He had to remove himself. And I, I don't say that lightly and I don't say that uh, in an insensitive way. Um, and I'm not encouraging that by the way. I think that's the point of a conversation like this is mm-hmm. re- like, so, um, and you know, this discussion will feed into some of the other topics we talked about. Like we are going to be doing one on suffering and one on death because they got to be talked about in mm-hmm. the context of the arts. The history of art has talked about this so much that we got, we got to go there. Yeah. Um, and this is a good, good, uh, segue into that in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to have a category for rest. So, um, uh, this conversation that we're plotting right now will set some conditions for, for rest. Mm-hmm. What are some of the conditions that would enable a kind of rest from this, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, is the way I would say it. Um, but uh, the sliding inner or the interchange or interplay of, of rest, bitter, bitterness um, as an alternative uh, will cause you to be even more fatigued consumed uh-huh. and um anxious so there's anxiety that comes when you're you're optimistically investing your identity in these categories and then there's the there's the bitter flame the bitter bunsen, bunsen burner flame that turns hot uh-huh. when these things fail but no, you're no less beholden to uh these uh categories to ground out your identity yeah and so there's no rest in it it's it's almost the opposite it almost becomes enslaving uh-huh. Um, and so then the work you do can never bear out in, in proportion to the expectation that you have for the work. So matter, no matter how good the work is, it's never enough. So here's what we do with that. We say, we, we, you get celebrity culture that will say things like it's never enough. Mm-hmm. I'll never rest. Yeah. And then you say, when everyone else is sleeping, I'm working. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we romanticize the folly and the, uh, the exasperator of our souls mm-hmm. by turning it into like a Nike commercial. Yeah. You know, and by glorifying people that um, for a season really embody the, ult- the, the penultimate, like the ultimate expression of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're never in the, the hollows and interior aspects of their life to understand uh, how hard they're struggling. That's why I love that mental health has come, become more of a topic in, in mm-hmm. sports because like a bunch of people are being freed up to be like, uh, I'm not happy. Yeah. And then everyone's like, but I don't like Kyrie, um, uh, Irving, you know, is wrestling mm-hmm. with, he's, he's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen in my life without question. He's like, I don't know if it's like, he's doing it. He's really good. But then there, he's taking time off and people are like, what's wrong with him? And it's like, um, he's wrestling with the real value of it. Mm-hmm. The real identity, like the real return. He's reached Mount Rushmore. He's won. He's won championships. He's an all-star. He's literally unguardable in the, in the, the world that he operates in and it's not enough. Yeah. He's, there's no rest. He can't find it. 
Um, and so I think that's a terrifying prospect because yeah. if you've targeted this your whole life, and so here's how this works. When you're young, 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 whenever you start, it becomes an if then. Mm-hmm. If I get these things, then I'll be. Right. Which means I'm not now. Mm-hmm. And that's and then there's an institutional scaffolding that reinforces that if then mindset. And it pulls you through like an extruder, like you get pulled through, whether it's college or, you know, you name it. And so in the arts, if this, then that. If this show, then that. If these critics write about me, then that. If I get this MFA, then that. Then I'll be. Then I'll yeah. be. And so you, you, keep, you keep moving. You keep doing meaningful stuff, but you're never able to rest in the meaningful stuff. Mm-hmm. So this, this gets at what I think you were saying about uh, uh, the, the kind of product pr- productive rest that's being missed. Mm-hmm. And I would say the replenishing rest because uh, um, instead of what you do being galvanizing, it actually is depleting. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, so this is systemic. Mm -hmm. This is like I think this is at the core of of uh, a lot of there's like levels of human suffering, Mm -hmm. which is a whole different discussion, and I don't want to be insensitive to it. But the average Westerner in the arts is um, will often be suffering from something along these lines Mm -hmm. more than they're suffering from um, complete uh, poverty or not. and that's not to exclude anyone who actually is in a real health, health crisis, mm-hmm. you know, financial crisis, like none of that. I'm not, I'm not talking about right this contemporary moment. I'm just saying yeah. that if you look at long-term trajectories, um, the lack of rest burns people out so much that they stop making and, and they just, they go to a different job. They go to a different mentality and they try to turn off those desires they had, or they wear themselves out. Um, in the pursuit of something they never obtained to in the way that they think that they should mm-hmm. no rest. Um, so identity rest for me is the big one. Yeah. And identity rest impacts your ability to find physical rest mm-hmm. and, uh, health rest and relational relationship rest, like actually having relationships that aren't predicated on, uh, you depositing your identity into that person. Mm-hmm with an expectation of a return on your, your investment or just that it accrues, um, um, like a bank, like, you know, you, you put your money in, there's your savings, there's your checking. And then, you know, you may have some investments where you get a little bit of interest on your investment, right? Like, so even that can feel icky, but if you start thinking about it, there's people, there's ways we relate to people and we assign value. We assess. Yeah. Is this person going to reinforce something about me that I need reinforced about me? Mm-hmm. And you don't say it in those terms, but if you meet a, you know, if you're a painter and you meet a gallerist, mm, already you got like a, oh, there's a potential here. Yeah. Now, if, you, if you're an abstract painter and it's a figurative gallerist, mm-hmm. you're going to feel way less inclined to work with them because mm-hmm. there probably is no opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So if anything, you're going to, that could, that could stoke the distance bitter category. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you start to march that mindset out, and you look at the way we negotiate our relationships, there's no rest in that because mm-hmm. you're constantly bartering, you're constantly exchanging, and you're constantly projecting. The problem is everyone else is doing that to you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, I, yeah, I yeah. just plotted a lot. No, I think that's good. I mean, you know, your physical rest, identity rest, relational rest. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. And, um, you know, I think a, a helpful thing as well is to um, not just talk about the, um, 
the problems in terms of the rest we need, but to, to look at the, the, the problems and the things that can be rethought in terms of the, the rest we think we're getting or the activities yep. we involve ourselves in that uh, we think are giving us sort of rest or replenishment. Um, and I think that's the big space for me, um, mm-hmm. the place where I, I kind of hear it the most. And when I, when I think of productive rest, I think of rest that um, actually um, removes me from some of that like hustle mm-hmm. um, in a way that's helpful, um, but rest that also contributes to an overall well-being. Mm-hmm. So um, when I think of some of the categories that are problematic within a conversation of rest, uh, I think of the fact that uh, by and large as a culture, when we rest, what we do is we misunderstand rest and we kind of confuse it with um, just dropping things off the table entirely, mm-hmm. just completely avoiding a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think, oh, if I just ignore this or if I walk into another kind of, uh, you know, cultural spatial room, so to speak, then I'm just going to obviously get rest from it. So we assume that that'll happen by just not doing a thing. Um, or that we have to escape into something else that we have to like move into areas of, um, you know, like, uh, folly or, um, indulgence or something like that. Um, so what's that, what that looks in real life, what that looks like in real life, I think is, uh, you have kind of the zoning out culture with anything from the time we spend on our cell phones to the amount of time we spend on like YouTube or Netflix or something like that. And we say, Oh, my rest is to just step out of the studio uh, step out of work and then I'm just going to like glaze over and just be entertained, mm-hmm. which a lot of times in my experience, um, doesn't come across as anything much more than just kind of procrastination, mm-hmm. even for the stress or anxiety or anything that's there. Um, so it's like having a task to do at work and saying, Oh, I'm going to take a three hour lunch. Mm-hmm. The task's still there. Yeah. You know, and the three hour lunch didn't help, but actually mm-hmm. hurt in some ways. Yeah. Um, so the, the avoidance side of it, I think can be some, I, I've experienced that being problematic for me that actually it's, it's a little more, you know, I've found more rest. Um, I found more rest on days where I've stepped out of work to go cut my grass. That's gotten too tall than to go sit somewhere and like, you know, watch a movie. Yeah thinking it's rest. Yeah. So when I talk about productive rest, it's in that space where I don't stop doing things. Yeah. But I may do things in different lanes that add to the overall betterment. Um, you know, because one of the things about uh, avoidance rest is there's, uh, I think there's a wrong assumption that in those spaces that that life stops as long as we do. And in the back of our head, I, I think we all know that that's not the case. The life is still churning on. Mm-hmm. Stuff's still going. Um, even if we're trying to, you know, placate that and say, oh, it's, it's over there. It's not happening. I've mm-hmm. stepped out. Therefore, it's paused because yeah. I am central to, to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I like that. I mean, I think uh, what's interesting with me, I'm experiencing – um, well, I don't know if it's interesting, but I'm just relating to what you're saying and thinking about myself in the most honest way I can. And uh, I've been a little more anxious re- recently than I've been, you know, in the last few years. And and where that's showing up for me is because um, I, I was thinking about it like, well, my so like entertainment mm-hmm. is turned to 
it's like more clearly exposed for me uh-huh. as being um, distractionary, uh-huh. meaning yeah. it's ne- the veneer of um, entertainment has wore off. And so, you know, if I watch a TV show, um, I used to be able to settle in and I'm having a hard time doing that. And that's not like some kind of self-righteous thing or like, oh gosh, I'm, it's like, I'm, it's a, it's a strange thing. Like I have a harder time sitting down and, and, um, just watching binge watching. It's hard. It, mm-hmm. it, it, um, and I can't put my finger on it, but I do think that I've crossed over in terms of screen time. Yeah. Like just with the full access to my phone that it's eroded my interest in sitting and watching a movie. And so I, you know, every now and then my wife and I'll go to sleep to a show. Like it, I mean, I'll zonk out, like I can't mm-hmm. even stay awake. But, um, and we actually enjoy, there's, a, there's very particular things that we enjoy watching. So there's a real enjoyment in it. But there's another space where, like, it's hard for me just to sit down and watch a movie. And I only say that to say, uh, because for so long it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So something is, is hap- happening to me. And I'm not saying it's restful. I'm saying, like, I'm seeing a level of fatigue and exhaustion and uh, the opportunities to be uh, doing things that are vitalizing uh-huh. are there, but I'm not taking them per se. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm in this idle, anxious space. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to work on it this summer and figure out like, what are, what are some more replenishing kinds uh-huh. of opportunities that are there? And I, I have to kind of come out of a tough school year, a tough semester, a tough year uh-huh. and re and reorganize some things, um, which seems exhausting to me. I will say the difference is, I'm not feeling as uh, maybe I'm 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 not feeling as much like I have to prove myself uh-huh. as maybe I've been tempted to in the past. That's that identity part. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm really looking at it like because I you know I was coming into COVID, I built a bunch of stuff last year outside. Uh-huh. You know, a clubhouse, a fence, a deck, and I remember sleeping. Like I remember the the fatigue, the exhaustion of the work was there, but uh-huh. I wasn't tired. Yeah, yeah. Did that makes sense. It like, makes total sense. So I wasn't like it was replenishing. Like I had peace of mind because I had done what you're saying, which is the productive part, and it was replenishing desire mm-hmm. for future, future interest. Then you go through a year of some, you know, year of school, and I'm teaching behind a screen, and uh, a lot of my interactions aren't replenishing. Yeah, yeah. They're actually exasperating and screen. I mean, I'm just dawning on me now. It's like yeah, I'm staring at a computer at a level I never have. Mm-hmm. by teaching online um it has not been replenishing yeah it's been exa- it's been draining no rest well i think that's that's one of the kind of conundrums about rest is that uh the most restful things that i've ever taken part in have been very active things yeah they they haven't been passive they haven't mm-hmm. been inactive mm-hmm. um but they have been uh, active i mean you know I, as you were talking i was thinking about this idea of like entertainment fatigue mm-hmm. over the last year of just being stuck in homes you know you're not really going out places you're not seeing stuff there's there's no live shows to go to you're not going no. to movies you're not you're not hitting up restaurants you know and in all that time what are you doing well you're just kind of stuck in front of these screens and those are the things that like we had uh we had convoluted with the idea of rest mm-hmm. um and now they became almost like these like jail cells yeah where it's like oh i'm stuck in my binging yeah uh, it's not restful um and one of the things that honestly was kind of the most replenishing that happened over the last 15 months or whatever it's been was when we put on the four horsemen show yeah it was a bunch of work yeah but it was it it was kind of like uh you know sitting at your (coughs) 
excuse me, sitting at your desk for the day and then being like, hey, I'm going to go for a quick walk or a jog outside. It actually wakes you up. Yeah. It, it was replenishing. Um, and in that way, it, it was productive because it was productive towards the end of energizing you, of yeah. moving you forward. And, it, and then it even went so far as to include other people. Yeah. You know, which is, it's not to, that, not that it always has to do that in the most direct sense, but then that's like a nice add on is it actually did. It, it's yeah. not demanding of other people. It's energizing them. That's the generative thing we talk about a lot. I think it's an orientation that pushes down and out more than it takes in. It takes out in, mm-hmm. you know, consuming versus not. Um, it's funny on a super micro scale. Like I played basketball with some people last week and um, in the worst shape of my life. I mean, utter, like every, every odd is against me doing that mm-hmm. you know nothing i mean i was in pain for several days no no exaggeration a lot of pain and um but from a mental just from a whole body state like i had a lot of fun yeah and that was an exertion i was not expecting to give i thought i was going to play a game of horse and it turned into three on three <laughs> yeah. i got bamboozled uh legitimately <laughs> and I, I was peer pressured into doing it <laughs> against my will against people that are half my age and so um Needless to say, I did win though. Whatever. <laughs> I say you got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't stop. You know, you I was like, okay, guys, we got to do this. But the <laughs> the point is, um, like the old basketball junkie woke up in me. And uh, but the point is, um, I came away like meant like being able to identify the difference between how how much I hurt, mm-hmm. how tired I was, but how rejuvenated I was. Yeah, yeah. So kind of to your point, it's a small example. You know, it's just like a one day in the sun. Um, but. Gosh, after a year and a half of just being in my studio, which sounds great because I have a great studio and I'm thankful, but not really painting. I'm just in there teaching. And I love teaching even. Mm-hmm. But even that's just stunted, man, compared yeah. to being around people. Um, no, yeah. definitely. I mean, and, and I think, um, you know, it, it, I, I'll say something. Maybe this is provocative. I don't know. But, you know, the other, the other kind of pitfall in rest is I think that we – we're like, oh, I, I need to, I need to find something that's escapist. I need to, I need to just indulge with escapism. Mm-hmm. That'll allow me to rest, you know. So it's not that I'm avoiding, but now I'm actively going into something else, right? So I'm not just like passively consuming whatever's there, as long as it's not my work. Now I'm saying, oh, I am going to actually dig into something. Um, and with that escapism, most of the time I find that it pulls you like out of the world. Mm-hmm. It pulls you yeah. out of experience. Yeah. It pulls you out of a lot of things. And when that escapism goes on, I think we it, it's hard to kind of wake up from it because mm-hmm. we lull ourselves into this sort of uh, medicated sleep yeah. that is not restful. Yeah. You know, so. Um, well, escape I, is a particular kind of exertion. Yeah. So, it, and it operates based on your, your like, Prior to escape, you have to be aware of something you're escaping from. Right. So the fatigue comes sometimes from not knowing what you're escaping from, but actually being driven to do so. Um, so there's a kind of a cultural escape mm-hmm. that is really, really architect or, or not architect. It's it's um, it's a constructed reality mm-hmm. that is is atmospheric at this point. In other words, um, uh, so intuitively we pick up on it, but we, we can't really put a finger on it. It's decentralized. Yeah. And so, um, so if everyone is fleeing from an unknown source of their fear or concern or obligation, it could be, it could be responsibility. It could be, it could be profoundly existential, like Mm -hmm. deep spiritual could be, uh, deeply philosophical. It could be deeply theological. It could be deeply 
um, uh, cultural. It could be a, a, a nice combo of all of those things. Um, it could be the dread of your mortality. It could be the dread of, of this, you know, the, it's like a, a technocratic version of your, of existentialism that is couched in a entertainment veneer and um, in a disposable cultural way. And so you know that you're putting your stock and energy into disposable goods, mm-hmm. disposable experiences. You know preemptively they're not meaningful. Like a foam cup is meaningful, but only to the extent that it is. So I don't pull the foam cup out in every morning and, and pour a coffee in it if I don't have to. You see what I'm saying? If I have a better mug, I'm going to pick a better mug. And I also know that at a minimum, if, if I'm working with phone cups, they break down. At some point, I got to throw it away. So my relationship to the disposability of that is, is different than, um, like, like, I mean, not to be crude, but like if I pull out some BFK Reeves or some Strathmore paper or, um, and I pull out some toilet paper, mm-hmm. it's obvious right away. Yeah. yeah the yeah. the vari- variation, the variability of disposability, like they're like, one is like I'm not investing much into. Uh-huh. So imagine putting a lot of identity stock into really disposable things. Yeah. The, it's going to promote the anxiety almost to the point that that eclipse, eclipses in effect what you're running from. Uh-huh. So what you're escaping from by entering into has its own reason to flee. Uh-huh. And that becomes the um, expediency of the culture we're in right now is the um, we just keep plowing through a disposable culture out of escape. Mm-hmm. There's no rest, man. It's eating you up. It's just eating us. I mean, so you go, you know, you, we've talked about it since the first podcast we ever did, you know, like the connection to Instagram, let's say, as an example. Mm-hmm. But three years later, you know, um, I've seen Insta- Instagram change and become even more disposable and um with the manifestations of a kind of redundancy that actually isn't good. Cause we've talked about good redundancy uh-huh. and there's redundancy where you're like, Oh good Lord, this is just not good for me. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling bitter. I'm not reinforced. Um, I'm annoyed. And yet I did, I doubled down in the looking. Uh-huh. That's a strange contradiction of behavior. <laughs> so the, the really is. proportion of my effort to what I'm putting it towards. You know, it's a super indicting. Like I feel convicted even talking about it, but I'm like, I know it's stupid, but I can't, but I'm like, but I also can't stop as much as I'd like to think that I could. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, with both of those, whether we're talking about avoidance or escapism, um, I think the, the reason that they are unlikely to produce any real replenishment or rest is that they are still based on whatever is giving you fatigue, mm-hmm. right? So it, it just even this idea of like doubling down mm-hmm. kind of into uh, like a social media that gives you fatigue is like um, all the definitions for how I escape or how I avoid are based on the thing I'm running from. Mm-hmm. So they're always still in the driver's seat. Like the thing that I'm trying to get rest from is always still active in that relationship. Right. So when we have like any sort of like active or productive rest, um, it is actually about not doing those other things mm-hmm. and, and in some ways not doing the things that have relationship to it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, you'll agree with this, I know, but that's why I think, you know, sitting down and reading a book is actually real restful. Mm-hmm. Like it can feel like work, especially mm-hmm. with some of the stuff we enjoy reading, 
but it's not beholden to the other things we do. You know, we're not, we're not saying, oh, I have to sit in front of this or I have to scroll through this because it is not this other thing. There, there's no positive or negative definition to the things that we're resting from. It's actually something we can dig into that's mm-hmm. separate and different. Um, and I think, uh, and also it's, it's something that, that doesn't, there's not the immediacy, there's not the churn, right? There are things that actually do kind of slow uh, time that do allow for deeper consideration of stuff. It, it, it is actually like, I mean, you know, a book is a great example of being a foil to so much of our society that makes us fatigued mm-hmm. that we want rest from. Yeah. Um, you know, so on one hand, I would say, yeah, read some more books. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there, there are comparable experiences and there are comparable things. I mean, having just sitting down having dinner with some friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other week, so over Christmas, my wife got me a fantastic present, which is a board game that I loved playing when I was a kid. And it's a super nerdy thing called Hero Quest. And it's it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but a board game. And I love it. It's great. I grew up playing it. Um, she found a copy. They're hard to find. Um, so amazing, wonderful gift. I don't know how she'll ever top it, but she probably will though. She probably will. Yeah. I mean, she she did give birth to our child the other day. Yeah. So that's probably Pretty better. Much did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so done three times uh, <laughs> three times over um but the other week my daughter my oldest daughter was asking she was like hey can we play that and so we sat down and it's not a, it's not a game you go into lightly i mean you got an hour hour and a half two three hours depending on how you go with it and uh we played and it was the best rest i've had in months mm-hmm. i mean we were we were active we were busy it kind of made the night a little bit crazy mm-hmm. in terms of other things having to happen a little faster but i came out of there so replenished yeah and that's where we differ because playing games for me is not relaxing at all. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, I, I'd be lying if I said it is. I mean, and truly, truly. But I think, I think you know, you're getting at the the sub, the, the the positive subjectivity of of, of mm-hmm. this conversation, which is you know you got to kind of know your frame, um, you know, like where you're. I I I will begrudgingly go for walks, and then I'll walk, and then I'll remember. Oh yeah, I like walking. Like mm-hmm. I'm a person who charges up from a walk. Um, I'm stimulated or, um, uh, it, it kick, it kicks the, uh, the deep size of breath kick in and then the, uh, relief and then the, uh, aspiration kind of always charges up. I always kind of leave a walk aware of my mortality, how, how, how to shape I am and, uh, how much there is still that, that I would love to, to be able to do or, or, you know, care about or, um, and if I go for a walk with my family, there's, there's, there's something there about that. Um, what I, what I think is interesting in this conversation about rest that, you know, we're, we're still kind of plotting land, but is there's this idea that, so this, this is going to be a little like, depending on where you're at, this could feel a little confrontational, but I, perhaps if you're really tracking, but um, if I said to you that we're the kind, cause in this conversation, anthropology is at play. 100%. What kind of, yeah. what kind of, what does it mean to be human? Okay. Like, so like that, um, we have, we have these assumptions that there's somewhere we need to be. There's something we must do. And there's something that we are. So sometimes we can hold on to the something that we are, but we don't know what to do. We don't know where to be. Sometimes we're where we need to be. but We don't know who we are and what we should do. You see, like we can dance between the three. It's hard to get all three to work. Uh-huh. 
And um, that raises a lot of existential questions, as it should. Um, one of the things about who we are um, that is debatable, so I, I'm submitting this as a debatable chunk, is we're not necessarily the kind of being that is meant to be empty. So the idea that being emptied is where rest is found possibly isn't true of us based on our ontology and our anthropology. Um, so then it becomes the difference between like with a car, cars aren't really good when they're empty um, of gas, Yeah, <laughs> but they run better depending on the kind of gas and they don't run well at all if, it, if it's a gas car and you're putting diesel in. So what I'm trying to say is I think humans are more, <laughs> if you're, if this is maybe a poor like analogy, but I think humans are more, it's a question of what are you running on? Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's another way of saying it's being filled. But the question is, what are you filled with? And how does that correspond with who you are, what you do and where you are? And um, some people's answer is I got to get empty. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that's like saying I got to be a car with no gas. Yeah, yeah. So um, flip-flopping that, this gets into like, it gets into things like, like spiritual, diet, physical. I mean, all these things that are not actually at odds with each other. They actually are brought into a stewarding harmony. Yeah, holistic even. Holistic, yeah. So, so I was trying not to use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stewarding <laughs> harmony. So as a way of kind of re reigniting that idea totally. of holistic, the totality of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and as soon as you say that, it has a, uh, it, 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 it activates responsibility. And you're like, gosh, and this is the thing. This is to your point is there's no way of finding this rest by sidestepping responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, also because we've created some weird category category as as if responsibility is not just like part and parcel of living. That's right. It's, you know, it's, it's like I got a, a responsibility to put my clothes on before I go out the house. Yeah, it's not, responsibility is not an option. It's actually part and parcel to being a human being. Yeah, 100%. Um, we weren't given arms to not carry stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's a question of what do we carry, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have no choice because we're in circumstances that have been pushed upon us, right? You know, so um, we're not talking I idealistically here. No, also, I think, you know, it's particularly in, our, in, in the specific cultural moment, um, the conversations by and large are, are centering on ideas of responsibility. Yeah. That I have a responsibility not to act certain ways. Yeah. And I have a responsibility to consider certain things. Mm -hmm. Like I have that. And that's central to a cultural conversation at the moment. Yeah. Um, we haven't put that moniker of responsibility sure. on it. Yeah. Some people have, mm -hmm. but by and large, we, yeah. we use other terms for it yeah. because it's just central to who we are as humans. So a lot of people right now are being crushed. So I, uh, they're, they're not able to rest because they're crushed by guilt mm -hmm. and, and f guilt, fear, and shame. Um, and so then when they get into the studio, they're in crisis over what to make and how it does or does not reinforce or alleviate guilt, fear, and shame. There's no rest in that. And so when you're in a studio, you'll hide your work and you'll, you won't have the kind of some of the satisfaction that comes from meaningful work because it either will or will not answer to the most eminent societal pressures of today. The most eminent, I mean, we're in a, we're in a, um, I want to be careful here and respectful, but we're in, we're in, uh, without question, one of the most politicized moments in history. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've said in the past, but, uh, the monolith, of grounding what matters 20 years ago was science. 
But in, and of course, I'm not saying science doesn't matter, and because I do think it does. But I'm saying the average person on the streets would argue political identity is the most chief determinant for every other kind of decision that's made. And so uh, these are these are real concerns, real uh, chips on the table, and um, so no no debating that. Um, but there is the there's got to be room to talk about it and look at it and say how is this affecting. Uh, you know, at least in the micro conversation of, of a, a, a loosely art and design podcast, um, how does that, how are those factors con- contributing to, um, you know, rest and, and fatigue or mm-hmm. lack thereof? And, and so, uh, so coming back around to the point about being empty, um, it, be- it, it doesn't become a question of getting empty. It becomes a question of running on better fuel. Yeah. So, and, and because it doesn't become an, an issue of inactivity, it becomes a, an issue of better activity um, and rhythms that reinforce the work that we do, that, that uh, the artwork, the design work, the aesthetic work we make. Um, and some of that has to do with relationships that aren't taking everything from you. Um, but also, um, you're not putting everything on. Um, because in, in the space of eliminating those two points, um, generative opportunity emerges, you know, I, I get it all the time. I get to hug my kids because I love my kids and they hug me back. Like my kids will just dive bomb me with hugs and say, I love you, dad. There's something incredibly, um, generative about that. They don't love me because I'm a good artist. Yeah. They don't even love me because I'm, I'm necessarily a good dad. I mean, I think I'm do do an okay job, but. I mean, th- there's something prior to that that is a grace-filled, um, a grace-filled action, meaning it, it, uh, grace as in um, it doesn't require anything from me. It's just freely given to me. Mm-hmm. And how many things, what I would say is how many relationships in your life are you freely given good things that don't require anything of you? Mm-hmm. And so if you take stock of your life and you can't find that, you may not have rest at all. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, those are the those are the relationships. Those are the people that, um, like, we have a handful of friends that are at such a level that we know that at any point they can come to the house. We don't have to worry about cleaning up the house because mm-hmm. they're cool. Um, we can hang out with them even late into the night, early into the morning, mm-hmm. and still feel rested yeah. at the end of it because there is that, like mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's one big line I would want to say is like, if you're going to hang a, like a, a, like a prescriptive point in this conversation is, because if you think about it, if you have a job, the job requires something from you. It gives you something, right? If you get a job and responsibility and you may have great colleagues that love you and there might be a lot of great things about it, but you're still operating at a subconscious level with the fact that if I don't do my job, I don't get paid, which is reasonable, right? Like that's just fair. It's a Makes fair sense. social contract. So keep eliminating those kinds of spaces. And then where do you have grace-filled, um, uh, non-contingent, uh, where nothing's required of you, but something's bestowed upon you, relationships? Mm-hmm. That's a serious conversation, maybe even for another day. But I do think if, if you were to step back and take inventory of your life, uh, the assumption there is not being emptied, but being filled by that which doesn't require something from you. Yeah. There, there you will find rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find glimpses of rest, little bits of heaven. You'll find, you'll find moments where 
where you're like almost, you almost can become anxious because you're like, I don't have to do anything for this. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't have to. And, and um, to acquaint oneself with that kind of rest will give you a better nose or target for it in other places. And that kind of rest will allow you to go mow the lawn and no rest. Yeah. And, 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 and you'll know how to uh, exert a little more because you, you'll know it will be replenished. So that's why the productivity and replenishment to me were uh, kind of important um, mm-hmm. dialogue partners. Um, because I, when I know that I'm going to be replenished, I give more away. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not confused about what I'm pouring out. If, I, if I'm pouring out to get, then I'm going to get exhausted because I'm not going to get what I need. Yeah. But I'm getting what I need prior to that. And that's, that is given to me. That's a different conversation. Yeah. I know I'm being a little cryptic, but no, it it works because I mean, you know, we, we say it all the time, the whole idea of know and be known and it's not just so you can promote yourself. Right. So if you hear the, the, the kind of moniker, we, we stand behind a lot of know and be known and what you hear is, Oh, I need to know more people so that that network can make me more successful, can make me a better artist that can make me introduced to like rich gallerists and collectors. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not what's behind it. What's behind it is, um, can you actually make, your stuff with art and design, yep. a, a central part of your life so that it's not a three year experiment, but it actually can be a 40, a 50 year career where it becomes integrated into what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that's part of that, right? Because uh, until you allow yourself to be known by other people, until you actually start giving back to relationships by letting yourself be known and knowing other folks, um, you never get to the point where you have those people yeah. that actually are the restful, replenishing mm-hmm. folks in your life. And we all have those. Yeah. You know, uh, most of us are lucky enough to have them in our, in our parents. Yeah. Um, a well, lot I of would us say, are lucky enough that, to have it with our friends. Yeah. I, mean, I would, I would say that, I would just say that, um, I think we all ought to have those. I would just throw the caveat in there that we probably, we all don't have them. Well, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'd yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Um, cause some people, some people right now are listening and, and are where I was at. There's a season where I didn't have a single person. And that wasn't yeah, yeah. that like, like, I mean, I was at the the bottom of the pits without recognizing this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even when someone would show, because I didn't have a radar for it. Um, I had a couple of neighbors that were, uh, some older ladies that were single there, you know, we were living, I was living in an apartment and one of those people, uh, she would, um, make me home. I mean, I, w- I gave a bunch of my furniture to their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was like grandma with grandkids living in a small apartment and, um, in this really rough part of town. And, um, so I gave them all my furniture and I was like, I don't need it. Gave it to them. And, um, she would show up with hot tortillas yeah. and she would show up whenever, like homemade. They were the best ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. And I grew up with authentic Mexican food. So, but she would just show up. And then the other lady, her name was Joe. Lived above me, and she ran, ran the apartment complex. And she would like, you know, say a prayer for me, or like she would come downstairs and tell me that. Like she's like, she would just let me know that she was thinking about me mm-hmm. as like this college student living by himself, who's who's pretty isolated. And uh, I didn't have a category for their intervening generosity that was not contingent upon anything I was doing for them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't fully let them into my life because I didn't know how. So I suffered in isolation um, also because of the way uh, artists had been portrayed to me as people that were isolated, solitary figures. Mm-hmm. And I had some isolating tendencies, 
but they weren't, they weren't healthy tendencies. They were actually counter to my, the better part of my personality. You know, they were destructive tendencies to, to, to not deal with people well and, and relate. It's a long time ago, but you know, so all of the say is like, there's, I think, I think what we're looking at is the hope is you find your relationships, but your relationships start to look different. They don't, it means you're not just hanging around with artists, you know, and that there's the good, the one thing I will say is in, in the world that I think we're in, there's a lot of artists that don't just hang out with artists anymore. Um, and I think COVID is going to push on that. Um, but I do think like I read something Jerry Salt said, and I'm not, a, I'm personally not a big fan of Jerry Salt, but mm-hmm. he said, uh, I hope that we don't, it was something I'm going to paraphrase here. I might be getting it messed up. It's something along the lines of like, it was an article. He said, I, I, I hope that we've learned as an arts culture to not get high on our own fumes. But I feel, I fear we may return to that. And I said, I think you're exactly right. I think if anything, this cultural moment has shown that cultural enclaves that are just getting high on their own fumes, uh, that promote that elitism that we we've pushed against. Um, but it also, uh, closes the doors on the kind of relationships that are necessary to find the rest we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so I think rest has something to do with being filled, mm-hmm. but filled with the right kind of thing. Well, I was going to say, um, I think we were tracking on the same lines because um, what I was thinking is that, you know, we are, we are physical beings. Mm-hmm. All right, we talked about this. You know, if you want to recap on that and go back to rethink the world, mm-hmm. um, we're physical beings. Uh, we exist in a, in a physical space that's tangible and touchable. Um, as far as I know, it's not a simulation, so we're all good as there. As far as we know, there's... <clears throat> You know, there's the science speculators like, no, it totally is the matrix, but we'll see. Well, and if it is, it's, it's, it's reproducing so, all the sensations of a physical world. And that's really exactly well. right. So, yeah. So here we are, whether we are or not, we're yeah, still so in the physical if we world. Are, it's the conditions of this game is that we're physical. That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the things that I've found is that I find the most rest in physical things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about walking earlier, right. Or, uh, you know, we, we've talked about some experiences, you know, sharing experiences with folks, um, that know you, right. So, not like tapping into some like, you know, digital space and saying, oh, this is this is now where I rest um, or anything like that. But uh, all of it being, um, you know, physical things. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of like getting high on your own fumes, um, to me, that still sounds like a largely non-physical thing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 based off of a lot more of the uh, the identity mm-hmm. and the identity work that uh, we do instead of any sort of real rest. Um, but yeah, it, it's. It, it seems to me that uh, um, it is hard to act outside of your nature. Mm-hmm. And if our nature is some sort of physicality, mm-hmm. then our rest is going to exist in physical spaces. Yeah. And I don't mean that as like tangible spaces. I mean in terms of like activity. Yeah. That yeah. actually rest will probably exist a lot in activity. I mean, you know, there's nothing we're doing that's not activity, right? Like sleeping right. is an active thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're involved in it, yeah. whether or not you're, you know, conscious. Yeah. 100% <laughs> with it. Um, right. All these things are, are, are active, um, and they're physical and they're in the world that we exist in. And so when we, when we do something and say, oh, by, by removing myself from the physicality of the world, by removing myself from the world, by, Mm -hmm. by divesting from this, now I am resting. Right. That is, uh, that's a harder thing to, uh, I don't think that we're going to find, um, I don't think you're going to find actual rest in that. And I think that's why you can say things like, um, oh, I was getting some good rest while I was, you know, blowing out my joints mm-hmm. playing basketball. 
you know, I can get some good rest while I'm physically walking. I can, I mean, I've got folks who say that like running marathons is relaxing for them. Mm -hmm. You know, that, um, you know, I know folks who say like, you know, doing construction work or something is actually really like calming. Um, and I can believe that because it's a physical activity that a physical body is doing within a physical space. Yeah. Um, that you're actually engaging. Mm Mm-hmm in the world around you instead of checking out. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a, so I, I looked something I saw I wanted to read. Okay. So go for it. I'm go somewhere with this. That is going to be odd, <laughs> I mean, but I, I think it ties to what you're saying. Do but it. I, it's going to be odd. I trust right? you. I trust you. Okay. Yeah. You may not have this one. <laughs> so, um, so, so chariots of fire. You yeah. Remember that movie? Dun, 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 really dun, long dun, movie. As a kid, I didn't dun, understand how painfully long it was. In my dun, 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 dun. So yeah. <laughs> So listen to this description. And so this is the description. It says, in a class-obsessed and religiously divided United Kingdom in the early 1920s, two determined young runners train. This is like Rotten Tomatoes, you know, description. Uh, Two determined young runners train for the 1924 Paris Olympics. Eric Liddell, a devout Christian born to Scottish missionaries in China, sees running as part of his worship of God's glory and refuses to train or compete on the Sabbath. The Sabbath has to do with the rest. Harold Abrams overcomes anti-Semitism and class bias, but neglects his beloved sweetheart, Sybil, in his single-minded pursuit. And so the reason why I looked that up, because I wanted to see what it said about those two, because what was in my mind is, I remember that if I had to summarize what that movie is about from a long time ago, it's like one guy is like, he says, like, basically, they're two sprinters, they're 100-meter runners, and he says, I got 10 seconds to prove my worth. My mm-hmm. whole life is summed up in these two seconds. That's the guy that's overcoming anti-Semitism and, and, and bias and had to sacrifice his relationships for this single-minded approach. Uh, Lindell is like, um, I don't have anything to prove. I run out of the joy of what I've received, which for him is his religious convictions. It's, it's God. So, um, so they run this race, which really happened. And this mm-hmm. is really the, the, the kind of the, the breakdown of the two is one is running to prove and you can see him, he's worn down, he's taking on real issues. Right. And he's run down by him. You know, the antisemitism is a real issue. Uh, his relationships are compromised. Mm-hmm. So he can't even have a love relationship because, because it compromises his first need, which is to prove himself. Um, and if he fails, it's catastrophic. He lives or dies in that one moment. And he loses the race to the guy who refuses to run on the Sabbath in terms of religion or whatever. And that's a whole discussion. But, um, but the other guy's like, I sense the joy of God when I run. So one is motivating out of a joy of what he's received. The other is running to prove himself. And the guy who runs out of the joy of what he's already received wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the two are contrasted stuck out to me many, many years ago because one one wasn't proving themselves, the other was. And I've always found, and even do to this day, when I'm tempted to prove myself, I tend to get exhausted. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, um, totally. And, and relationships tend to strain and get compromised. And what happens is I tend to have very little uh, uh, relational capital or space to allow new people in. Mm. Um, but when I'm, when I'm filled, when I'm replenished, um, vistas open up. People that... Um, I never could have imagined knowing I'm, I'm uh, open to. And, and, and in fact, those relationships actually happen. And uh, like, I'll give you an example of a very localized example. Like we had a garage sale 
in support of our neighbors who were doing a garage sale. Like mm-hmm. we wanted to do this little block thing. And so the mother friends came over and we, we set up the little bit that we had and we had a good time. And I grew up with antiquers, hoarders and garage sailors. So it was very nostalgic for me personally. And, um, and I was glad for my kids to have that experience because we don't do garage sales very often. But um, we met a family that was just here from um, uh, Nova, Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, a gentleman's name was Muhammad. And Muhammad's hanging around and we're just talking and his family went down the street. So we're, we're still chat- talking to each other. And our friend we had on the podcast, he's a part of our, our team and does stuff, Mike Clapp. He's there. They're bouncing back and forth about soccer. I don't, I don't know much about soccer, so I'm just laughing at both of them. But Michael sent me a text yesterday and said, hey, I was in another part of town, you know, a few weeks later and uh, with masks on in a, in a grocery store in Carytown. And Muhammad recognizes Michael, which is incredible because yeah. they only met each other once and they, um, you know, perceivably have very little in common. You know, we just met garage sailing and Muhammad starts cracking on him through a mask <laughs> without question about their soccer. They're, apparently they like opposing teams that are like yeah. really diabolically opposed, which is great. So I was laughing. <laughs> And so, um, so Muhammad just starts picking up Michael in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at my point in saying this to you is if I wasn't filled, I wouldn't have had the, I would not have permitted the time to do a garage sale in support of a neighbor, um, that creates a milieu that affords a friend to say, I'll join you. That then affords a new friend from another part of the state mm-hmm. to come and feel welcomed to the point that he can see us or see one of us a few weeks later in a store in another part of town and immediately jump into joke telling. Yeah. How replenishing is that actually? Um, yeah. Didn't require anything. Mm-mm. Didn't require, um, but only because of the, the filling component. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, totally. So like in my, in my withered state, when I'm running to prove um, the way that uh, one of the two characters is, um, I cut off relationships. I close down doors because I can't afford to give what I don't have. So I have to narrow, I have to wither, I have to retreat. And that becomes stressful and unfulfilling and and non-restful because now I'm negotiating every relationship based on what? So much fatigue, man. So much fatigue based on what? So then even the things that are restful activity, which you're calling productive activities, actually are insurmountable to me because they provide no rest. Mm-hmm. So rest has to come through place, uh, who we are, and uh, what we do. It, 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 so it's not, it's not an option. Mm-hmm. There's not a non-place. So if you're, if, you're, if you're driven to empty, no place, do nothing, that ultimately won't be restful. It ultimately won't be restful. Yeah, it, it ultimately you'll have to enter back into the world of doing. So, so see, it's it it um it may be a pause, and it it can be meaningful. Like I'm I you know I I like to spend quiet time in in solitary places as a as an act, right? So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying philosophically, if you don't capture what I'm what we're you know meaning here is, um, it's not a question of filled or not filled it's only a question of what you're filled by mm-hmm. and who you are and, and and where do you exist yeah you have to exist somewhere and why does that matter well because when i'm in flux about who i am and i only exist online um and uh um there and my doing is vicarious through the doing of others mm-hmm. i will not find rest no totally yeah yeah it's um 
It's it's um and it's hard to get around because when when someone's hearing this and if you're in a spot and you're listening and you're like, hey, I I need some rest, but everything you're saying sounds so counterintuitive. Um, like it is hard to be in that spot. I mean, I would say I I, I don't know, maybe the last five years, <laughs> three years, two years, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, is the first time that I've felt like I'm actually doing some rest in real ways that matter. And what's great about that is is when when this understanding of rest moves you to a place where you can actually achieve it, um, you can actually you actually need less of it at a stretch. Mm-hmm. It's a little quicker to bounce back because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I I'm not having to spend four days trying to get rest. I can actually spend like I can take half a day, yeah, and I can get some real rest. I can have an evening of it yep. and it actually helps me for the next day so yeah. much more best case scenario best case scenario is you, you start building in micro and macro rhythms yeah maybe it's an annual yeah some of us can't afford it all the time but you know in a perfect world someday laura and i will be able to afford an annual vacation yeah we're, we're getting close sometimes where we can designate a several days you know one of the it's funny like one of the times that we felt the most rested is when we go to see Laura's aunt and uncle who we connected with just a few years ago, like in 2015, mm-hmm. they live in Philadelphia and there's a whole backstory there. But so sometimes for us, it's like, we don't, we don't need anything else other than just to take the drive to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And when we just sit at their table and, and Aunt Stephanie cooks an awesome meal and they just are like, how are you doing? Like, there's no, con- they don't, we don't require anything of each other. Um, other than the restful presence of each other, like in all our imperfections and all yeah. like, there's just a, 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 a pleasant state and a retreat into each other as far as our fellowship or relationship goes, because everybody's dealing with real world stuff. No one's immune. Right. Yeah. And, um, that, so it's like, it's funny. It's like, it's sometimes like for like Laura and I, it doesn't require much for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to find sometimes when you're always on the go. You oh know? yeah. So like rhythms are, are a big thing. Like what are rhythms you can start with? Um, even if it's just like half an hour every other day mm-hmm. where you've, you've at least tried, tried to identify this as a, as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I would try to practice rest in the active sense of, of, um, the know and be known part. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't exclude that. Uh, so many people need to need to get out of their myopia yeah, and the way they've built lives around their identity to where they can only interact with people that reinforce their identity. And I, what I mean by that is like, it can be shared interests. Like, you know, it's like, if you're an artist, find someone who's not an artist, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, if you're an artist and you don't care about things outside art, you're probably not an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do you, what do you, um, what are you generating ideas for just self-expression? Well, at some point you'll have said everything you can say about yourself. Yeah. You know, especially everything that somebody's interested in. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, w- I would add to that. I'd say also, um, within those rhythms is, um, one that would be good to introduce is, uh, push towards, uh, push towards active physical rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like I have a, I have a friend who, um, when COVID hit and working from home became the new norm, um, one thing he started doing is he, like, he had to walk down the hallway from mm-hmm. his bedroom to his office. And there were days for a few months where he just didn't leave. Mm-hmm. He was just in the house. That was it. 
And so what he started doing is he started going back to having a commute. Mm -hmm. So he'd get up and he'd walk for 30 to 45 minutes. He'd walk to the office. So he would leave his house, walk Mm -hmm. around his neighborhood, maybe go grab a cup of coffee at a grocery store or something. And Mm -hmm. he'd come back to the hallway that's, you know, 75 feet uh, from one end to the other. And he he would have his commute. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, could commute back home. So yeah. he'd leave his office, walk Smart. out the front door. I might still walk around. One. I might use that. And then come back in. And it was a it was it was rest because it gave him a physical break, but also he was actively physically mm-hmm. engaging with something different. So the fatigue of being in his house mm-hmm. and working feet away from his bed. Yeah. Started to go away. Mm-hmm. It didn't go away entirely. Yeah. But it only went away in part because he was physically engaging in rest. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just saying, oh I I'm done with work for the day. I'm going to watch YouTube for an hour Mm -hmm. and now I'm resting. Yes. I mean, I feel like there's so much this conversation we're not kicking into, but, and and we just can't right now, but I, I, you're making me think too, like what, like there's a kind of contentment in what you're describing. Um, and then I'm like thinking about the lurking enemy that looks to destroy that. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm like, man, I can see the, I can imagine myself in a, in a nice rhythm like that. I'm maybe going to try this summer. I like that idea a lot as a framework. Um, and so it makes me think like, well, you know, one of the reasons why when you're resting the most, the, that there's something you don't possess kicks in mm-hmm. something you got to do kicks in. Mm-hmm. There's something you're not kicks in. So the quieter you are, the more rested you are, the louder those voices can become. Mm. And so that is a conflict that is at work in us. And, and so I'm like imagining myself in what you're describing. And as I did, those things came up in my head almost immediately. Oh yeah. What am I missing? What do I don't have? And I, and I, and I realized like, it's, it's crazy how rot within me is the need to try to control and create assurances Mm -hmm. of this stuff. The battle, the, the struggle, and not trying to dramatize this. I'm just being as honest as I can be. Um, this is a daily battle. Yeah. This is a daily is. struggle. Uh yeah. to really find rest. Um I mean, hey, it's built into us. Every night you gotta fall asleep. You gotta fall asleep. And you yeah. know that like if you miss that one night, you do yep. it all night, or like your body's like, no, oh, for real sick. though. You yep. gotta do this. 100%. So I mean it's it's already a, a natural rhythm sure. in our bodies and our lives. So there's always gonna be some conflict. Yeah. Well that's my part about food, by the way, is like, I mean, we we literally have to eat to move. Yeah. So, so we're meant, we're the, we're the kind of container that has to be filled. Mm-hmm. We run on something. Yeah. I mean, my, my stomach's been rumbling this whole time. hundred percent. I'm thinking about food too much, but, um, <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think, uh, what I would say is, uh, I'll be looking, I'm looking at, well, what am I tempted to feel like I haven't done enough with or for, yeah. and, um, what actually gives me satisfaction? Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your life that does this without you having to do anything to earn it? It's a real question. You should ask that. That's a hard question. It's a hard <laughs> question, but you should ask it. And she'd really try to journal about it and see. And if there could be something that did that for you, would you want it? Because mm-hmm. that's another thing. Some of us don't want that. Yeah. We actually don't want real rest. We yeah, want because we play some of that identity capital in the fact that I'm always tired. I'm always fatigued. Yes. I'm always overworked. It's yes. always hard. So that's all to untangle the knots and expose. So like if you want to be exposed in a good way, these are good, uh, you know, I'm working through it, so I'm not, um, I haven't arrived, but I'm, I'm asking these questions. Um, uh, are you brave enough to answer, ask these questions? And, and, um, and then like what, you know, what can be done about it? 
that's a whole other discussion. But um, maybe this is a good place to to end it. I think so because I think there's a lot of stuff to chew on, and I think that's the really the point of these, right? Is like we don't want to put a total bow around yeah, the we're topic. Trying to get you to, we're trying we want to you to actually think. rethink, you know. And and it's the sort of thing that even in the conversations, we end up doing that as we talk to each yeah. other, have conversations afterwards. Um, so as always, like we always tell you guys, you're a fantastic audience. Uh, we Thank love you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your support. Um, Check we us out on Patreon. Like, subscribe, write a review. If some yeah. of you, we, we appreciate it. We've been seeing some writing pop up. I saw a blog post about one of our podcasts, and uh, I'm going to go back and look to get, make, a give a, make sure I give the proper shout out. But blog posting, writing, like we really want to see this podcast grow. Mm-hmm. We're moving towards at some point vodcasting, and so we have some neat things, some aspirations that – um, you know, if we could generate a little more support, a little more interest, get uh, widen the audience further, uh, we're moving in that direction. And and I think as we come out of COVID, we're going to be able to start bringing back in a, a diet, a city diet of, of guests. So um, getting back on course with a lot of things, like I think we're especially thankful for the fans that have stuck it out with us, the, the listeners, fans, I don't know, wrong word, but the supporters um, have stayed with us through a pretty trying time, actually. Um, has meant the most to us, uh, for sure. And so, um, I think because we've been able to weather through a, a challenging time, I, I feel like, you know, for our faithful audience, um, and for us, we're, we're maybe better for it in a way. I don't think we knew we needed, yeah. you know, um, if there's any kind of backwards gratitude for going through a tough time and surviving it, I, I feel very grateful to everybody who's been listening and, and didn't, didn't bail out. And allowed us to keep going in a lot of ways. Yeah, so, definitely. So we thank you. Me, you're a great audience. And we, we always say and we always mean it, but we really do love y'all. We appreciate you so much. And we will catch you next time. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life, an historic Shaco bottle.